Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Uh, we got a great lineup for you today. Um, one of the things that I love to really talk about and look at is leadership. And there's a lot of reasons I'm not going to go into in this show, because if I did, there would be no time for you to get to know up close and personal Amber and Austin uh, from Suavera. Now, why is this important? I was very fortunate to study with Peter Drucker. So many, many people are like, I don't even know who that is. Okay. But one of the things that was so important is to understand the unique blend of strong leadership, results orientation, and heart-centered approaches. But somewhere along the way, heart center got dropped. It like got dropped. It was like there. And then when it got transferred into actually working as a consultant with corporations, the whole heart thing like disappeared. Here's what it is. It's one of the greatest oopsies of corporate productivity, efficiency, and human potential that ever existed. The minute that somebody decided they were going to alter the landscape of leadership to literally eliminate anything that had to do with heart or heart leaders or heart-centered. They open up a whole door for violating trust. Today, you're going to take a journey with us because there is a movement happening. And it's a movement that is so far overdue. And yet, I must say, that th the things that have been happening for the past couple of years have literally accelerated the need, desire to implement heart-centered leadership and heart leaders. Not only that, and I'm going to end with this, and we're going to go right to Amber and Austin. All you need to do, if you talk to Amber, uh, Amber Mikasil, founder of Swivera, and we have Austin, co-founder, much more than that. They are so many, so much more than any of that. But they bridge a gap, and they're going to tell you what that gap is. But here's why people and corporations are willing to spend money now on this. Money. Like, okay, let me hire you to, like, help people, train them. Because the latest poll that was done in the recruiting arena when asked people from, I don't know what generation we're on right now, whatever it is, like a Z or an X or a Y, whatever that, whatever that is, they had to pick their number one non-negotiable for the company they were going to work for. And what do you think 
that non-negotiable was. What was the non-negotiable? I'm not answering that. I'm going to let Amber and Austin do that. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. So grateful to be here with you, lady. (laughs) You know, so this is one of those conversations where when I think about both of you and what you've done and what you've created, you are way ahead of the curve, like ahead of the curve. So somewhere you each figured out whether Amber, it was in your private practice, you know, whether it was creating this enormous transformation, human transformation, human potential organization, whether it was being a master life and health coach, I could go on with the list. And for you, Austin, the same, right? It's whether it was your beginnings where you're looking at, you know, embodying compassion and intellect and trying to figure that out, or what you're seeing in the world of marketing and management, and asking yourself, wait a minute, Now I'm a certified life coach. I'm a meditation practitioner. I'm not even going to talk about plant-based nutrition. We should do a whole show on that. But now here you both are. And when I put that all together and then add the word leader, it's like to most people, it's like an oxymoron. It's like, oh, you can't do that. So let's talk. Amber, let's start out with you. All right. Somewhere along the way, and I mean this because I sat in a room with with Drucker. Somewhere along the way, in everything that's been written to describe successful leaders, what the way it was originally written and then the way it got pitched in HR, heart center got dropped off. So tell us what a heart leader is. And then both of you. I think it's a big oopsie. I want to know what you think, Amber. Welcome. Welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you. And yeah, coming from a corporate background once in my life, I had a similar experience. You would go into these um, seminars and they were fantastic because they would have you look at your personality blend and who you were as an individual and you would find out all this stuff. And then they were like, Okay, great. Now you know that. Now plug into this model instead. Because if you want to be a leader, all that has to sit on the back burner. You have to know those skills, but you have to fit into this model. And I was like, okay, well, that makes me a very square peg attempting to fit into a very round hole. It just didn't fit. No matter what I did, no matter how much I attempted to shave off my little square edges, it just wasn't going to happen because I did have so much compassion for the teams that were working so diligently to strive for the success of the organizations. And anytime I didn't have that compassion, they knew it. And so they didn't feel connected to our purpose or our mission as an organization they felt disconnected. And so it was creating this chain of events where like there was lip service being paid, but no real connection to that purpose. Mm. And it really started to make me personally not well, professionally not well. And that's what started kind of this whole chain of events in my life. And I saw it happening with other leaders other individuals who desired to be leaders, and even how it kind of trickled down into how I led my life. 
because it starts to create questions in your mind. Like if this is how I'm supposed to behave at work, is this how I'm supposed to behave at home? Is this how I'm supposed to behave in my social circles? Like I spend a lot of my time at work. And so we start to learn behavior patterns and shifts. And so that's where heart leader came into play because we're leaders in so many aspects of our life, not just at work, whether you're in a leadership role or not. So how are we leading our lives with heart and compassion and love? And then how can we say, no, I'm not going to be a square peg attempting to fit into a round hole. I'm just going to be my square peg. That's it. I know who I am and I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, thank you for sharing that because, you know, those of us that have spent a number of years in corporate, like whether it's corporate America or working overseas, it depends on where you work. We discover a few things along the way, but yet we don't really have a way to talk about it. What you created is a way for us to have a dialogue about it. Right. And so the study, Austin, welcome. Uh, the study that was done was by a recruiting firm. Uh, I believe it was Sodesto. I know I interviewed them on this. Uh, had a really short 15-minute interview. And they went through and they were sharing the latest results. And out of everything that, that the, the, the candidates could have picked across the board, you would think in the world we live in, right? All the dialogue about millennials that money would have been number one or security. But no, they said non-negotiable. I must work for a company that shows compassion and empathy. Mm. Now, when I asked the recruiting firm that did the study, great. What are you doing to train people about that? That was an answer I never got back. Mm. Austin? What do you make of that? I don't think you're surprised, but what do you make of that? Uh, sadly, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately, um, I feel like there's there's been this uh, corporate adoption of a term called thought leader over the last decade or so. Oh yeah. And you know, it's good. Humans need we need thoughts. We need logic. We need. Uh, you know, that leads to innovation, which is key to the growth of our species and the evolution of, of, of where we desire to go. But the problem is, is when we get so caught up in our thoughts and in our head and in our logic, we get disconnected from our heart. We start to lose that compassion, lose that empathy, lose that connection. And so that to me is where Heart Leader really can step in. And as you were saying, bridge that gap. We can have thought and logic paired beautifully with heart connection and compassion to still create a global impact. And that's really what I feel is an opportunity for not just corporations, but uh, all of humanity is to, uh, is to adopt this understanding. Um, because unlike thought leadership, thought leadership, most thought leaders are the CEOs or high level position holders in companies. And that's really, that's a very small percentage of the world. We, are, we all know that we're stronger together. And that's the beauty of heart leadership is that we can all be heart leaders. Uh, whether you do hold a high level position, that's great. But you know, if you're maybe even a child in a family and you're showing your other siblings or your family a greater depth of love and connection 
uh, or you're a nurse, you know, working so hard right now to help so many people. I mean, there's so many different ways to be a heart leader. You can, and that's what I feel is so unique about being a heart leader is that it's really about a limitless expression of leadership, starting with the self and, and flowing out into the world. Mm. I love this. And I love that you both are talking about it. I want to just jump for a, a minute and we're going to skip the second break if we could. Um, I want to just jump for a minute because there is a, there's a space. I call it space. And what I mean by space, there's a space between where you are today and maybe who you are as a leader and who you want to become. And that space so often for me as an HR executive and then as a consultant for one of the top consulting firms here in Seattle, you know, I always found myself not just explaining the place you're going to get to, but I remember having to almost justify why it was important to get there, why it was important. And I want to ask you, Amber, I want to hop, hop back to you and then Austin, you, you with this question. There are so many misconceptions about what the heart leader is about. Total misconceptions. And the language to tell leaders or people in leadership positions what this is. I found myself explaining to them probably out of my New York frustration moment, probably saying, look, if you don't do this, here are the consequences. Now that's, I found myself literally at that point saying, you could either stay where you are or you could change because your team is changing. But there are end game results that will come as to what you decide. Yes. And, and you, you're probably laughing at me, right? Ever you like, how many of those conversations did you have to have like that? Probably you didn't say it quite like that, but I really didn't know how to get through to these people sitting around a board table without saying, you want to talk about results, your results. What have you had to do to one, describe the movement and then describe the motivation for the movement, Amber? I love that question because it, <laughs> you do, you get met with so much resistance for something that is so beneficial because we have created this caution approach to everything. We've all been burnt so many times with so many of these come in and we're going to help you kind of things. And I get that, but ultimately we're not this whole movement is about the benefit of connection. And so when you are saying that you're explaining, like, here's the outcome if you don't do it. And there are a lot of outcomes from not doing it. And we're experiencing those right now. Like, we don't even have to really talk about what will happen. All we have to do is look around and see what is happening. Oh, yeah. Wow. As a result of not being connected of disconnecting from our hearts and just thinking about, oh, if I do this, then I'm going to get this and not kind of feeling through, okay, but if I do this and I get this, what will that do to the greater whole? What impact am I having on the future? How am I not considering the rest 
of humanity in the choice that I'm making. But it always has to start with yourself and what that is doing for self and how I'm impacting myself and my energy. And so when we have the discussion about the movement, it's always what's in it for you first. Yeah. Everybody has to understand what's in it for me and what are the benefits I'm immediately going to gain across all aspects of my life by embracing being a heart leader. And then how do I roll that out into other aspects of my life? My family, my friends, my community, my career, however that flows. But first, let's get a strong holding, hold right here, strong footing within myself. And that's yeah. really how we do it. Yeah. Um, uh, I learned two things in those boardrooms. <laughs> I don't even believe, Austin, I don't even believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to pump this over to you now. I learned two really important things. I learned the art of talk to the audience you're in front of. That one. The other thing I learned is don't wear pink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's another show, but that's true. I mean, after you spend an hour doing a fantastic presentation and the only thing one of the vice presidents of development says to you is, pink really pat um but it's all part of the nuance of what we're talking about you know austin look if you would talk about for us there is this transition and i call it a gap i don't i don't know if that's correct or not but you all know where we are you all know what's being called for you can see through what you've created in heart heart you know leader and heart-centered leadership you already know that your organization is beginning the dialogue. You've been doing it. You know, you've been speaking to the people on social media that follow you, all of that, right? Um, are people, Austin, what is your sense? Are people ready to embrace that, to become that? And if so, what do you see are their top questions, right? I know I come from a very biased corporate background, but you're out there talking to people every day. What is on their hearts, right? What are they talking about? What are they concerned about and most excited about? Let's start with you on that, Austin, if we could. Absolutely. Um, cool. I feel like you, you actually already said one of the main questions and it is, what is what's in it for me? Yeah. And that's a question that is, is a natural response when we are stuck in the head and not in the heart, when we're overthinking. It's no wonder that we have disharmony around us when there's disharmony within us. And what heart leadership has the opportunity to do is to provide uh, a pathway for us to understand how to create deeper harmony within ourselves and then be able to relay that out into the world around us. And I would say that's in many ways what, what people are itching for, they are searching for, they know that there is a better way to do things. And I feel like there is, many people are stuck in a conflict between the heart and the head right now. They want to be in their heart, but some, we've honestly been taught not to be. And so the question is, how do I even get there? 
when you know Amber and I have said this, we need to go within. I remember the first time she told me that, and I was just like, "What? What does that even mean? What, how do I? How do I go in my? I don't even understand that concept. Like, what does that even mean?" And so, you know, it's. I feel like these. We get so, and I know Dr. Fowl, we've had these conversations. We yeah. get so caught up in in the fact that we're human doings, forgetting that the reality is that we're human beings. Yeah. You know, when we when we become when we connect with our being, when we're in our heart and we are authentically who we are, then we don't have to think about how we interact. It does come naturally. And and that is in that connection, in that love. And love is the most natural thing that we do. Yeah. I want to I want to ask you a tough question. Uh, both of you a tough question as a leader and a practitioner and you know somebody that has owned multiple businesses and also I've been pretty I have been fired from every job I've ever had. So I just want to put that out there just to give you a frame of reference. Um, for a lot of good reasons though, right? You know, I I got fired because I didn't have the courage to quit on my own. And I just rebel. You don't want to do that. If you're in a corporation and you really want to have a career there, you need to really look at your options. But here, here's the thing that I want to ask you. I studied leadership. I was, I'm going to say it the way I felt it at the time. I was forced to include leadership in my dissertation. Looking back, it was one of the many blessings that I was, I had to do in my research. It was because I discovered a little known research theory that nobody is using, not a single person. But here's the tough question that I want to put on the table for you. The misconceptions about heart-centered leadership and someone that demands results is so misconstrued. We've gone through this period, right? where people have, got, have defined heart-centered as, oh, you never fire anybody. Oh, you're never really direct. Oh, you never really tell anybody what to do. Oh, you never really hold people accountable for stuff they don't. Where, where, where does this say to us? Austin? Yeah, you know, Amber and I just had this conversation <laughs> recently, and uh, and I feel that the misconception comes from the fact that that we and I can tell, especially as a man, been been taught that that um, showing whether it's showing emotion or being heartfelt is a sign of weakness. Yeah. And the reality is, is that you know, at least I found that that's actually the opposite. When love is the strongest energy that is in this universe, it transcends all time, space, culture. I mean, you name it. Everyone understands love. How we've all experienced it might be different, but everyone understands love. That's the one language that connects us all. You know, even animals and, and people and plants alike, they all respond to love. And so when we are tapping into that, we are actually accessing the strongest energy. And so it is true strength to be loving, caring, heart-centered. It does not mean to be weak or even aloof or not illogical. Those, those 
logic becomes a byproduct when you have heart-centered connection. And so we can still lead with heart and then bring logic understanding to actually execute whatever it is that we desire to. Yeah, which means that if the logical thing to do is to let a team member go, then you have to let the team member go, but you can do it in a compassionate way that doesn't destroy them. Yeah, and this is really the essence of what I want to talk with you both about when we come back from break. You know, however one gets there is a personal journey. The other part of this, I I look at this like so many of personal changes I've made to myself and my life. And perfection is not the key to, to transformation. I don't know about you two, but I have... I have stepped in potholes with leadership, with management, with entrepreneuring, with being a follower, with being of service and mentoring women in addiction. I have stepped in more potholes. But here's the question for you when we come back. How do we get out of the pothole? What is some of the essence of heart leaders and they've, they've been in the potholes. I don't know anybody that has not been in the pothole and that has been successful. But what sets them apart? The pothole? I'm not in the pothole anymore. How did I get out of there and still gain the respect of the people I work for? Before we go to break, such a good show. Um, how do we find out about you all and tell people what you are doing with Heart Center Movement or Heart leader movement so you can find out more about us at suivera.org and you can learn more about everything we have going on including so many free resources and something we have called and we just recently launched it a heart leader toolbox and there are so many free tools that you can download that as when we come back getting out of the pothole. These are little steps on a ladder that can help you climb right on out of there. So suivera.org. And Jacob, you're going to have to totally replace my mispronunciation of it. Benny will tell you for 20 years, I am bound to mispronounce something during the show. And Barbara Scheidegger, who was from Sweden, would be like, really? Did you say it that way? Suivera, please go there. Uh, Austin, sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, and, and then, of course, thanks to, thanks to you and the team of the Transformation Network, we have the Heart Leader Podcast. So if you are connected to this movement, uh, you know, every week we have a brand new episode talking to people, all walks of life, uh, leaders of industry and community, um, and, and, all over the world. and all over the world, yeah. uh, including yourself, Dr. Pat, who's been an amazing, amazing guest sharing your story. Um, it's, it's really fun to see different people showing what it means to be a heart leader in different parts of the world. I love it. And when we come back, just so you all know, uh, I know that sometimes you have questions. Maybe they're not about you. Maybe they're about, I don't know how to handle my boss, or I don't know this, or can I get some help or some suggestions or advice? You all know this with my show. We always have the phone lines open, 1-800-930-2819. Or if you're over on Facebook, Transformation Talk Radio, 
type your question in there. Also, I've noticed some of our listeners have my cell phone. So you also have been texting me. Way to go. I love it all. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a look at, do I need a big ladder to get out of that pothole or maybe just a hand up or maybe both? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with my two fantastic co-hosts today. We'll be right back. Is your life stressful and unfulfilling? Would you like to make changes, but you don't know how? Hi, I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show. I'd like to recommend The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. This is a memoir with questions to help you change your story and live a life that's more pleasing to you. For more information or to purchase this fabulous book, please go to TransformationTalkRadio.com or go to CarlGreer.com. Imagine starting your week off with a teaching, a clearing, and an activation direct from the God consciousness. If you would like to feel more in charge of your week ahead, then I personally invite you to join me, Tracy L. Clark, for our monthly Soul Sunday non-denominational service at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, online or in person. All donations for this event go to the TLC Initiative Fund to help those in need. Sign up now at tracylclark.com and let's connect together in the glory realm. Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world-class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We figured by the time we turned 50, we kind of had life figured out, but we were not prepared for the realities of midlife. Tune in to, and that's when I realized, the truth and comedy of midlife with me, Susan Dolce. And me, Leon Dyer, every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're not alone in these challenges, and sometimes you just gotta laugh. Find us at SusanDolce.com and LeonDyer.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion. With me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnutsonSpeaks.com. Who's in that video, Benny? That's an easy one. <laughs> You're listening to her. <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. Tell everybody where you can find you. <laughs> where Where did you get the video from? Is it? Oh, on... I got the song a long time ago. This oh, you is got the song. An, but the, there's an audio okay, track. So, all right. So we'll we'll have to tell everybody. Yes, 
that was, by the way, that was a heart-centered, heart-leader experience right there. And we'll have to, we should do a whole show just on that experience because it was a video we were asked to come be part of. And it included an upcoming artist called Tay, Tata Prince, and his uncle happened to be John Legend. And so Lucky. it was surreal to be there. But that wasn't really the point of it. When Jessica and I came back, we were different. We changed. I've never seen so much heart leadership in one place at one time to create transformative change. And I'm talking about people that came together. Not really, none of us really knew what we were doing there, but the energy of it, the energy of it, the momentum, that's what you both are creating. Can you please remind folks again, because I'm probably going to skip the next break. Please tell folks how they can get involved with what you're doing. So to get involved, you can explore the Heart Leader Toolbox, which you can find out more about at suivera.org. You can also tune in to the Heart Leader podcast right here on the Transformation Network every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And just let us know if you have specific questions or even topics about heart leadership. And we would be happy to cover those. Um, we are all about having a community. We do have a community on Facebook, which you can find under the same suivera.org, where there's over a million people worldwide who are engaging in the movement and really just leaning on one another and learning from one another about what it means to lead a heart-centered life in all aspects of their life. Yeah. I love it. And you can take your jet plane to get there because that's the way you want to go. You want to just Apparently. get up and go fast and get there. Um, I want to <laughs> spell it. Um, for those of you out there, I want you to make sure you go there. And it's S's and Sam, U, I, Vera, V-E-R-A. You all got that? S-U-I-V-E-R-A.org. Make sure you get there. You can Google it. You can look at it. You can get it. If you're watching right now, it's like going across the screen. Um, so the question before the break that I asked really had to do with understanding what a toolbox is. Uh, and, and the pothole analogy is something I, I'm from, from the East Coast. There are potholes everywhere. And, you know, some potholes will do minimum damage to your vehicle. Some potholes totally destroy everything bust your axle, the whole thing. Leadership is the same. You know, there are so many different levels, but the difference between recovery is how many things are in your toolbox to get you out of that pothole and smooth sailing. And that's the toolbox, the heart leader toolbox that I think you referred to and you're creating. Um, it's a free portal. It's free education. I love that. But there's a reason you created it. Uh, and I would love for you to talk about the essence of it and how it will help people rise up. Who wants to go first? Go for it. I like that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it really came to light because honestly, um, before uh, I got to fall in love with my best friend here, uh, Amber, um, she was a mentor for me. 
someone who was like myself, who was really lost, who had everything on paper they could want. And I know that you can relate to that, Dr. Pat, um, but felt so disconnected. And um, Amber started just give, giving me these tools to help me love myself, to help me understand even what, what love was, that it wasn't just a hallmark thing that, that was marketed, that it actually was real mm-hmm. and, and it resides within us. And the more love that we can hold from within, the more love we can actually give to those around us, which is exactly all I desire to do. And so these tools help me understand that. And the best thing that Amber did, not only by providing these tools, but she gifted them freely, she gifted them lovingly, and she gifted them regularly. And so it was never too much that I couldn't handle, but it was always in a flow, always in a pathway, always to help me keep growing and growing and growing. And you brought up just in our last segment that, you know, one of the one issue is is about perfection, the idea of perfection. Well, perfection is stagnation. And if we desire to keep growing, then those are opposing ideologies. And so it's not really about the result. It's really about the process. And that's what this toolbox is all about, is providing an open process with a bunch of different tools. Because every single month, we have a, a new uh, theme, whether it's uh, we started with gratitude, then we moved into the balancing of giving and receiving. Uh, this month is authenticity, next month is vulnerability. All these are key attributes of what it means to be a heart leader. And so every single month we provide a free tool uh, that you can, that just shows up right in this membership uh, portal. And uh, all the podcasts every single week that support that theme will be showing up in there as well. And we just have a ton of free bonuses in there uh, for other things like uh, our mirror technique self-love worksheet, uh, 12 laws of the universe, uh, different nutrition stuff as well, because that way we can really show love to ourselves, body, mind, emotion, spirit. One of the things that never made sense to me, and Amber, maybe you can address this, and thank you for that, Austin, or so, so needed. Um, one of the things that never made sense to me when I decided to go back to school after a 25-year career was um, in the thing I wanted to study, broken promises, I never understood why up to that point, all of the research had to do with perceptions between the entity, a company, and the employee. And I never understood it. And, and I made a case to change that theory. And I made a case to say, look, my experience in corporate America is, yeah, there's the company and we don't trust them anyway. So let's just, but that's not your everyday interaction. You are in front of somebody. I don't, lead, team leader, supervisor, are, they're all leaders, right, Amber? That's what they are. So when we're looking at leadership, it is so refreshing that you both have brought the conversation away from company, like an entity nobody can put their finger on, to people. How important is the understanding of that? Because that in itself has got to be a major goal. We're talking about people to people, aren't we? I love that you bring this up because yes, when I wasn't in a corporate environment, it was always easy for the leaders to hide behind the company, right? I'm just part of the process. It's not me, but that's part of of it. It's 
then I don't have to own my actions. But we do. As people, no matter what, we are choosing how we act, whether that is within our company environment or whether that is outside of that environment in social, social circles, family circles, whatever. We only understand that, though, once we are in direction of who we are. And then we show up authentically from that place. And so as leaders or even as individuals who are going into work every day and interacting with leaders, we have to get to a place where we start saying, I am coming to you as my leader, not as a spokesperson for the company. Right. I can do my own research on the company. And if I have questions, then I will ask you about that aspect. But I'm coming to you as my leader to give me direction as a person. And as the leader, I need to see that person as a person and not an asset to the company because we lost that connection in that, as Austin was saying, that thought leadership. People became assets to a company and not truly people who are creating and executing a vision that we're putting in motion. And, you know, the reason I'm bringing it up is twofold. One is that there's an aspect of this that organizations could learn. And again, in order to make my point, maybe this is a pattern with me, I don't know. In order to make my point, I didn't study psychological contracts or promises. I studied the violation of them because I couldn't get anybody's attention, right? It's one thing to say, look, promises are important, whether they're implicit or explicit. But when you study something and you demonstrate that underneath this study points to heart leadership, because heart leaders build trust. They don't break trust. You know, heart leaders keep their word. Heart leaders are people that are known to be people of integrity, even if it is subjective. Yes. We just need to get you as a spokesperson. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you lived it, right, like I've lived it and you've lived it, then you get passionate about it. But I want to ask you both, as we move forward with the movement, boy, I'd like to hear from each of you. When you look out, and you see how this body of work you put together is taking on. Can you describe to me then what a heart leader organization might look like, Amber? Yes, I would be honored to. So Suivera is one that we are creating in this essence just so we can practice what we're preaching right? It has to begin within, we say this, and so it has to begin within our own organization. And from that observation, a heart leader organization is one where there are multiple individuals who hold leadership positions, because we're all leaders. And it's when the need comes based on project that individuals step up into their strength and leadership role. So it's not any one above another. It is we all have our own respective strengths 
And when those strengths are needed, we step into the leadership role. And when they're not, we step back and we lift up the other individual to be the leader that they are. So in that way, we're all empowering each other to be leaders in our own right. And it's a very connected and recognizing approach where we all feel heard and seen. And it really inspires us all to then just keep going and really keep building the organization forward and carrying it forward. Um, there's always a meeting where we share how we're feeling and what that sparks as far as thought, because creativity comes through feel first, then thought. And so to keep that creativity moving forward, we start with feeling like, I feel this would be a great movement forward. And if it's not now, then it might be in the future. And we put it in a future movement kind of segment and what we are documenting for projects in the future. So that's a little bit of how we have our organization running in that way. Wow. You know, Austin, for you, as you are part of this and you're building it and you're watching it, you know, when you take a, you know, let's just say, take a jump ahead, what most excites you about the ripple effect that this will create? It's a beautiful question. I feel that the ripple effect is greater than we could imagine. To me, um, I feel that this is an answer for humanity to release the illusion of separation. It's truly a connection point. When we see each other, we can recognize that we aren't different, not in the way that separates us, but I mean, unity isn't uniformity. And so when we can truly honor each other, celebrate some of the differences, but recognize that you know, we're all here, we're all humans, we all are experiencing life and a vast majority of, uh, of, of who and what we are are very similar. And so that's what I feel the ripple effect is long-term. And the fun part about this is that we actually are already doing this in, in many different ways. We see this in, in families. We see this in organizations. I mean, how many movies have we watched about uh, sport teams that know that they work to better as a team and, you know, they get halfway through the movie, they get fragmented because one individual wanted to step out and, and be the shining star and then the whole team kind of starts to falter. But, and then that individual had to realize, no, it's not about me. It's about us. It's about the team. It's about lifting each other up. And then they go on and, and win. And, and so we, we know it works. We've seen it. We celebrate it. We just kind of need to get out of our own way yeah. and start to recognize that this can be applied in all aspects of our lives. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited for. I'm, a, I'm so thrilled about this because you know, I'm, I mentioned the body of research that I took on, but pre previous to me, a, 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 a Dr. Dr. Cotter pointed out in 1973, the essence of productivity, performance, and relationships in corporations is pivotal between yourself and your boss, however you define that. 
And yet that body of research was ignored for so long. And what you all are talking about, and certainly what I studied for like 10 years, took me a while. I'm a little slow. My undergraduate degree took me 13 years. But when I finally got it, I was able to articulate it. But we were never allowed to use the word heart. Now think about that. What you're doing is you are redefining a body of research that theoretically has been called leader member exchange, exchange theory. I don't care what you call it. Because at the essence of all of that theoretical work, all of the research done by so many people before me and so many people after me, is at the core of what you're talking about. We're not talking about a transactional paper that you push from one end of the table to the other. Talking about what I say to you, what you say to me, and do you actually believe I'm going to do what I say? Can I trust you? When you look ahead and what you're building, is there anything you want to give us a little sneak peek of, of what's coming next? I'm excited about it. I, I just, I am so glad that you're taking this out in a big way. Why? If you read the qualitative research, the quotes from people, you will see how wounded people are, both employees and managers. And we have got to stop that bleeding. Amber, what do you think? I could not agree more. Um, not only in a corporate environment, but in a family environment. I know there's since two years ago, when so many of us were shut in and families were already having challenges being close to one another, and then suddenly all the distractions of the external world were taken away and we were faced with spending so much time together, things began, began to just kind of crumble because we didn't have the tools to really know how to have conscious conversations with one another and not separate out the action from the individual. And so these are tools too, that when we look on the horizon, we're building out these sections within the heart leader toolbox where Look, if we are at a, a point where you have self-love, you have authenticity, you have that strong internal foundation, but where you take that to the next level with integrating with your family, because that dynamic is so disconnected, what can you do to build that bridge so that you can begin to have a much stronger dynamic there and not rely on them to make that happen, but know your actions and steps that can start to build that bridge. So there'll be little segments where you can choose your next connection point. You are the hub. Where is the spoke going to, to connect you to the other parts of your wheel? And how can you connect that? Wow. It is so important that you're providing a gateway and a network for something that has been so elusive for people, how to translate what's actually in their hearts to how to be in the world. Austin, how about you? Well, my love, as always, 
said it very eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but as she beautifully pointed out, this hub and spoke, you know, creating, uh, you know, viewing ourselves uh, as that wheel. And, and you pointed out what happens when a wheel hits a pothole. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, we need to have those tools to help us get out. Yeah. and get back on going so continuing to build this library and this toolbox um, of just great tools great assets for people to really learn i mean i was fortunate to go to some of the greatest schools uh, you know growing up and i had all the tools to learn about the pythagorean theorem <laughs> but not about you know emotional understanding uh you know mental hygiene uh, clarity, uh, communication, all these things that I deal with on a daily basis, and I never deal with the Pythagorean theorem on a daily basis. And so providing those tools that we know that we have been so disconnected from and have been almost lost in daily life when the reality is, is they are the very essence of our daily life. Just mentioning that theorem gave me a hot flash. I'm going to have to change my jacket for the next show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My gosh, yeah, how to almost flunk out in the first year of school. But, but what you're talking about is important, and we'll do more shows about this. You know, one of the things I didn't say in this body of research was that this was the first study of its kind that compared consequences of uh, psychological contracts between an employee and a company versus an employee and a manager or supervisor. And the reason that was important to me is because that was my experience when I lost my job, that was what was happening. But here's the thing that it says that points to your work. When all is said and done, the negative consequences for a violation are different. There's a difference between your company lying to you and your boss. And when a boss or a supervisor or a team leader starts to break promises, and they don't know how to build a heart-centered or a heart-leader portfolio for themselves. The end results to performance, productivity, trust, integrity, they're gone. And Amber and Austin, what you're doing is you're preventing something that is so absolutely hard or impossible to get back. See, isn't that what you're doing? Isn't it proactive leadership? That is our goal. And we would love if you would ever be interested in cross-sharing research and information because you have such a plethora that would assist us and we would gladly share likewise the research oh, sure. that we have. Just imagine what we could, could do with that information. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, for you all out there, you can Google this. I think it's published, but they, they spell my name wrong. They like don't spell it, they spell it like the bacteria and that's like not it. And I just gave up. So even when the publishing company spell it wrong, you just say that. So what? I want to thank you both. Again, give out your website if you could real quick. Absolutely. Yes, it's suivera.org. That's S as in Sam, U-I-V as in Victor, E-R-A.org. 